0: I read this story of Zacchaeus here in Luke chapter 19. So many things just flood my mind. Um, if you were to ask my daughter uh, recently, basically she owns her own business and so she and the IRS get along great. I think she would love it if the whole IRS got saved, it would probably change the lives uh, of many people. And, uh, but Zacchaeus was a tax collector and his reputation and his testimony was not good. And his confession after salvation is that he's going to restore, restore monies to people that he had stolen from, he had taken advantage of. And, you know, this is the last Sunday of October as we head into November, I'm, I'm really burdened, especially this year, more than ever about really emphasizing gratitude this month for November. It is Thanksgiving month and just being thankful for what God has, has done for us. And, um, and you know, we're, two weeks from tonight, we're going to hear from the clinks and, and I hope we come ready to have our hearts and mind open because, again, learning about Christians and third world countries is so convicting, challenging, and sobering. It really will make us just stop sometimes and realize our, and I'm talking about myself here, our pettiness in America sometimes. My goodness, we, we are so blessed to live in America. And, and again, as I said this morning, I told the teens, it's not our fault. It's not our fault that we live in a blessed country. It's not our fault that we've seen the blessings of God. But it is our fault if we take it for granted It is our fault if we're not grateful for it. And without gratitude someday it can be removed from us. But as you look at this, the subject for tonight of event is greater than, that's the math symbol for those that might have forgotten. It's been a while since you take math. Um, I feel like in society today, uh, the church is viewed as if those words were switched. Those words were switched. And so this morning I talked about making church an event again, making church an event and not just a place, not just a gathering. And uh, I shared with you a story that I had from a question I was asked about deaf ministry on the radio last Friday and my answer to that question. And if we're going to, we're going to step back a little bit and and try to answer, solve the riddle or solve the problem of churches losing their event, oomph, if you will, and just becoming a place where people gather, but really nothing's really exciting happening. You can back it up to this right here, to this right here, because I think so many times in our Christian walk, we begin to get disassociated, forgetful, non-appreciative of the greatest event that ever happened in our life. You, you talked about it last week, Sunday night, preacher, you're right, and our response wasn't so great, so we have to do it again, right? <laughs> no, it's just a challenge again. It's a challenge for all of us as Christians uh, to just realize, just, just to stop and realize the significance of God saving our soul, allowing us to be born in this country, and the the patriot side of me is, is disgusted as I mentioned this morning with, with all the the pro Hamas or pro Palestinian uh, rallies and the interrupting of the football game I mentioned yesterday. But the fact is, I was born in America, where freedom allowed me to hear the gospel freely, and salvation was is more available. I mean. Name another country on this planet right now where you can preach as freely as we do here. It's really hard to find. I know there's a few, but there's not a lot. In fact, many places in this world I would be executed for standing right now and preaching many parts of this world. That, that's just a true fact. It's a true story. I mean, we all know many of those countries around this world. And so for us to be born in America and to be given this opportunity, this event. Now, what I love about the story is this. Number one, we realize the impact or the benefit or the change of our of our event personally. The personal event of salvation. The personal event of salvation. Here in Luke chapter 19, notice it again. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus was coming. Again, there's an event. And Zacchaeus goes to see him. And he's a little guy. He's short, the Bible says. He was short. So he can't see through all the crowd. And, and he must have been pretty short because, I mean, I don't think the height of back, the men back there were even as equals today. My wife was Googling it the other day, uh, the average height of women in America is what, babe, 5'5", five, 5'4"? Five, five, four, five, four, and the average height of men is 5'8". Man, we're short in America, 5'8 or 5'9". So if you're over 5'9", you're above average tonight, amen. I'm well above average, 6'2", amen. Praise the Lord for that. But, but to be short, he, he, Zacchaeus must have been really short. So what does he do? He channels, he channels his kid inside of him, and he climbs a tree. I love this. I, we, we read the Bible sometimes, we read it so fast, we, we miss the significance. An adult man climbed a tree to see Jesus. And you know, so many times in life, we will try, we'll climb trees for religion. And I did. I climbed trees for religion. I climbed trees for religion. And Jesus knew exactly what was going on. And Jesus signals him out and says, I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. Now, this story may have been more dramatic than the experience you and I have, but the fact of the matter is, is one time in all of our lives tonight, hopefully everybody's, if not, tonight is a good night to get that, Jesus pointed at you and said, Hey, I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. And when he said, I'm coming to your house today... Here we know the, the passages, he's going to sit down with Zacchaeus, talk with them. Maybe they had some food, and he, he, he testifies. And eventually, Zacchaeus gets saved and gives a powerful testimony. And the whole community there is impacted because of his personal event. But the fact of the matter is when Jesus said it right here, you see he says, Make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. The choosing of the word abide... Abide doesn't mean I'm just coming over for a short visit. It means to stay for a long time. Now, don't miss this now. Physically speaking, Jesus did not stay there for a long time. But he abode there for a long time. Physically speaking, when he went in John chapter 4, and met the woman at the well, and he preached, in the whole city got saved. He, the Bible says he abode there for a few days, and he ended up moving on. He, he stayed there for a few days. Physically, he left, but spiritually, he stayed for a long time. And when you and I experienced salvation, we understood and learned not not too long after that, and, and thank God even still now, we understand and recognize that Jesus Christ, when he saved you and me and he saved our soul, he came to abide with us. All right, you understand? He's abiding with you and me right now. He literally comes to our house. He called us out of the tree of life. He called us out of the... Of, of the houses of life, the ways of life, the, the world, ways, all that stuff. He called us out and says, I'm coming to your house today, and I'm going to abide with you. Boy, to think about that event, to think about the significance of it, how, how you can own that personally, how, how you can praise God for that personally. As you look at this passage here, Zacchaeus, he was little of stature, and there's so many truths here you can find, you can pick out of here. I mean, we're all going to be short. We're all going to be little of stature when it comes to the eyes of God. We're never going to measure up to his perfect son. We're never going to do enough to get ourselves salvation and get us into heaven. We're never going to be holy enough, perfect enough, pure enough. We're never going to be like that. But thank God Jesus comes to our house and he gives us the personal event of salvation. The personal event of salvation. Now here's what's so significant about this. As, as I was talking about this morning, the, the impact of events of Olympics and, and so on, if you, if you look in the, in, the, in the football world right now, some, some kid, he graduates high school, he goes into college, he has a good career, he ends up getting drafted, plays pro sports somewhere, right? Those events that he plays and competes in have no impact on eternity, none, none. Maybe he gets some money, his family's wealthy, his family's blessed, although a lot of athletes don't end up that way they splurge their money and they end up in financial ruin but maybe maybe let's just say their family gets impacted from the blessing but there's no eternal impact because of what they did but tonight tonight i want to go a little deeper than we do normally because you got saved because i got saved how did it impact somebody else how did it impact somebody else see i can testify tonight if i didn't get saved at the age of 18 she wouldn't have married me She wasn't going to marry a lost man, but she married me because I was saved. And now because of that marriage, because of her salvation and my salvation and us coming together, we have children that are saved now. And then some of you, maybe when you got married, you weren't saved. Like my mom and dad, when they got married, they weren't saved yet. But they got saved and it changed. It impacted. That event impacted their marriage and it impacted their family in in an amazing way. So tonight I want you to think about that for a second. Tonight I want you to think about the ripple effect. When you throw a rock in a pond, how the water just continues to ripple out. How, how is you being saved and not impacting other people? I mean, if you're, looking, if you're sitting in the church tonight and your kids are sitting in the pew with you and they're saved, you got to realize that the event you experience has now been passed on to the next generation. And that alone ought to help you praise God for the rest of your life, right? If you're thinking about how maybe because you got saved, somebody else in your family got saved, a parent got saved, or, or a neighbor got saved, or a friend got saved, or a high school friend got saved, or, or or a cousin, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a grandparent, whoever it is, somebody else experienced the event of salvation because you got that personal experience. Because I got that personal experience. Somebody else has been able to benefit from that. And when you begin to see that, that, that that's what God is doing and what God is working how He's using you and me to do that. Man, it becomes addicting. It becomes exciting. It becomes just, just so wonderful that we just, we just can't. I mean, we really should sometimes just be overwhelmed by what God is doing there. So tonight I want you to stop. I'm, we're going to stop. Drink. We're going to pause. And I want you to think about how your salvation, the gift of God's event, the, the gift of God's, the day, the day that God said, hey, I'm coming to your house today. I see you up there in that tree. I see you there going through that tough time. I see you deaf person. Boy, I really—I heard the stat again this weekend. Only two percent of deaf people on the planet are saved right now. Only two percent of deaf people are saved on the planet right now. And we got a lot of deaf people saved over here. Praise the Lord for that. Thank God for that. And because they got saved, I'm looking at Sean, Sean and Michelle, and Michelle got saved here at the church many years ago. And Sean started wanting to date her, and she said, "You can't date me until you come to church." And Sean came into church all big and bad, <laughs> thinking he was all that. And then he got saved, and they got married, and they have three deaf kids. Now the three deaf kids are saved because of that beautiful ripple effect, the impact it makes. And you see here in Zacchaeus, when he got saved, he says, oh, my goodness, I've got to get right. And immediately he has an impact on the whole community. This same community that was criticizing Jesus for talking with this man, a man they hated now all of a sudden, loved Jesus and loved Zacchaeus. When a mind's knocking on your door and saying, here's money. Here's money back. Brilla got a wonderful letter from the IRS the other day saying she still owed money. Wouldn't it be something if they sent you a letter and said, I'm sorry, Brilla, we made a mistake. Here's $6,000 back. You'd be happy about that. That ain't going to happen, right? But that's what happens here. That's what happens here. You see, them traveling to to Africa, uh, the the clings going over there. Maybe we won't know until we get to heaven and someone comes up and taps him on the shoulder and says, Hey, because you made a mission trip here to, to Africa, I got saved. And the effect that it has on people, it ought to keep us going. It ought to keep us motivated. It ought to keep our hearts tender. It ought to help us in a a spirit of humility and gratitude. And just realizing that, man, God stopped at me one day and said, hey, you, you, yeah, you, me, me, Randy, yeah, you. I'm coming to your house today. That personal event. That personal event. So here's what I want us to do tonight. We're going to to wrap it up because on purpose I want to do this from time to time. I want you to tell somebody else in the church this evening. Share your personal event of salvation. Somebody you've not heard before. we got a lot of people in here. And it's not as big as normal. we got a lot of our family gone. There's enough in here to keep us busy. And I'm sure. How many of you in here look around the room right now. You know everybody's salvation testimony tonight. Raise your hand if you know everybody's salvation testimony. I didn't think so, right? I, I think I know most everybody's because... I kind of have to hear that before you join the church, but I don't know everybody's. Hey, wouldn't you love to hear about somebody else's Zacchaeus story? Ask them for theirs and then share yours with them. Now, you say, why do you do this sometimes, preacher? Well, several reasons. One, I wasn't going to do it, but you still didn't get excited enough when I preached on this. So two, we got we to go to that level. Two, if we're not going to do it in here, how in the world are we going to do it out there? Just being honest, how will we do it out there? We should definitely be comfortable about telling our story right here. And then number three, it's a blessing personally to relive the story of the greatest event in your and my life. It really is. Everybody's situations are different. Everybody's circumstances are different. The deaf have a different story than the hearing, all that stuff. But when it's all said and done, we all got saved the same way. Because Jesus Christ finally said to you, hey, you, you, I'm coming to your house to abide today. I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming. And by the way, Zacchaeus could have rejected him. Many do. Aren't you glad you didn't? I'm glad I didn't reject him. I'm thankful. I mean, I'm looking at seen the Sartains. I'll never forget that night, that missions conference night, when they both got saved the same night in separate parts. what a blessing that was, the testimony that was and as I look at many of these teenagers and these kids I, I remember many of the times they got saved in this building and that building and junior church and Brother Nick was here and so on, all the different stories of their testimonies in life and their events and that's why we're all here on a Sunday evening in church still testifying, talking about the Lord why? Because there's something so significant so profound because verse 10 is the culmination verse, the Bible says for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost wow what a blessing that is
1: done i'm gonna lift my hands and praise him for all he's done i'll try to live my life to please him even though i don't deserve to live my life has just begun and i can't help but praise the lord for all he's done there were many things that i could praise god for If I started now until I died, there'd still be many more. If I could mention only one, i have to thank Him for His Son. Now that's enough to praise the Lord for all He's done. For all He's done. I'm going to lift my hands and praise Him for all He's done. Try to live my life to please Him Even though I don't deserve to live My life has just begun and I can't help But praise the Lord for all He's done For all He's done I'm gonna lift my hands and praise Him For all He's done Try to live my life to please Him. Even though I don't deserve to live, my life has just begun and I can't help but praise the Lord for all He's done. Even though I don't deserve to live, my life has just begun and I can't help but praise the Lord.